show about books that are not new. I'm your host, Liberty Hardy, and I'm little in the middle, but I've got much backlist. This is episode two, and today I'm going to talk about a few great titles related to the week's new releases and more. So hello! Hi! I'm wicked psyched to do this today. I'm feeling a little less nervous. It's weird sort of talking out loud to yourself. I imagine that this is what it's like being a radio DJ. I kind of feel like Christian Slater and pump up the volume, although not as cool, but I can pretend. Um, To combat feeling too weird, I've locked the cats in here with me, which, as I'm saying it out loud, also sounds weird. But now I'm at least speaking to someone, even if they couldn't care less what I have to say. Uh, So I have a great big list of titles for you today and itty-bitty recording space. So let's get started. I'm going to begin by telling you about today's sponsor, and that is Cheater's Regret by Rachel Van Dyken. It is the second book in the Curious Liaison series. It's a new adult contemporary romance. Book one, called Cheater, followed the story of Lucas and Avery, and Cheater's Regret expands on the story of Austin and Thatch. Austin's dreams of domestic bliss involved watching Netflix and eating hot dogs with the love of her life, but then he cheated on her and dumped her as if the whole thing were her fault. To maintain her pride and restore her sanity, she decides to get revenge. Thatch, a plastic surgeon straight out of residency, knows he ruined the best thing that ever happened to him. But not all cheaters are created equal. He got himself into this messed up situation, that's true, but he has his reasons for what happened and he'd do it all again to protect Austin. Now despite the titles, these are not love stories to the act of cheating, rather the complications that arise in modern day love and how every relationship has to find ways to overcome different challenges. So again, it's called Cheater's Regret by Rachel Van Dyken, and we thank them for sponsoring. So, my first pick. There is a book out this week called Amatka, A-M-A-T-K-A, by Karen Tidbeck. It's a futuristic novel about a government agent in a world literally shaped by language. I didn't get to this one in time to talk about it in all the books, but now I'm halfway through and I'm loving it. And it makes me think of one of my other favorite books, which is also about a place sort of formed by language. It's called... Ella Minope, a progressively lipogrammatic epistolary fable by Mark Dunn, which, when it came out in paperback, was just called Ella Minope, a novel in letters, for obvious reasons. Um, If you don't know what an epistolary is, it means correspondence or communication written in the form of letters or a series of letters. And so there's a girl named Ella Minope. She lives on a fictional island off the coast of the U.S. It's named after the man who invented the sentence, the quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog, which is the Shortest sentence using all of the letters of the alphabet at least once. And it starts out with a letter falling off a sign and injuring somebody in the town. And so the town votes to ban this letter from use on the island. And now Element OP is writing letters about what's happening on the island. And as when this letter is banned, she can no longer use it in her letters or she'll go to jail. And then there are some other letters that are called into question and more letters get banned and more letters disappear from the text of the book because she can no longer use them. It's very, very, very clever, and the only way that they can save the town is to come up with a shorter sentence using all the letters in the alphabet. It's so, so, so delightful. It's pretty much my go-to delightful novel when people want something fun to read. My other go-to delightful novel is coincidentally also an epistolary. It's 84 Charing Cross Road by Helene Hanf. It's about when she was looking for a sort of rare book And she started writing these letters to other booksellers, not just in the States, but in the world, 
looking for this book, and she struck up a friendship with a London bookseller, and they became pen pals. It's a true story. These are their actual letters. It's their correspondence. It'll give you the warm fuzzies, as will the movie, which is just every bit as good as the book. It stars Anne Bancroft and Anthony Hopkins. It's so good. But now, I'm going to take those warm fuzzies, and I'm going to poke them in the eye, because Spoonbenders by Daryl Gregory is out this week. It's about the Telemachus family, a family of people with unusual talents. There is a human lie detector, a mind reader, a telekinetic. And at one time, the family was famous, but now they have been disgraced. And they're down on their luck and broke. And what they don't know is that the teen grandson has just recently discovered that he can have out-of-body experiences. I just, I heart Daryl Gregory so, so much. And this is a wonderful dysfunctional family novel, if you like those. But he has two other great titles that I love. One is called We Are All Completely Fine, which is about a support group for victims of supernatural serial killers. It's this group of people that have these crazy stories about awful things that have happened to them that nobody believes. So they sort of lean on each other and at the same time kind of discover who are the real monsters in the world. It won the World Fantasy Award. It won the Shirley Jackson Award. It's so great. His other book that I love is called After Party. It's about a designer drug that can be downloaded and printed at home. And sort of the chaos and addiction that comes with that. The world is just falling to pieces because of it. And one of the scientists who was originally responsible for creating the drug sets out to discover who leaked it out into the public, who made it available. And she's trying to figure out like how to stop it. So good. Another book out this week is called My Glory Was I Had Such Friends by Amy Silverstein. It's her memoir about her friends, sort of a love letter to her friends, who supported her as she waited for a life-saving heart transplant. Rebecca read it. She talked about it on all the books this week. She said it was a five-alarm snot bomb. So if you like books like that and you want to read a couple of other five-alarm snot bombs, that's so hard to say, um, I have some great ones for you. The first one is called Wave by Sonali Gala. It's about the true story of how she and her family were on vacation when the resort where they were staying in Sri Lanka was struck uh, during the 2004 tsunami. She lost her husband, her sons, and her parents. And this book is just absolutely devastating. And But the message of this book is that it's okay not to be okay. Like, she may never be okay. Everyone wants her to be okay, and she feels this like people have a need to get over things, and how, like, she's still to this day not okay. But in that in itself is okay. And the other one is called When Breath Becomes Air by Paul Kalanathi. It's about a neurosurgeon. He was 36 when he discovered that he had stage 4 lung cancer. And he talks about what it feels like to have the roles reversed where now he is the patient relying on these doctors to treat him. And what makes life worth living in the face of death. These will both give you amazing perspectives on life and they're full of really introspective you know, thoughts, and it's, they're so sad, but they're worth reading. They're really fantastic. Um, the, another book out this week, one of my favorites, is called The Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue by Mackenzie Lee. It's an 18th century romp about a bisexual British lord named Monty. He has reached the age where he is expected to settle down. His father wants him to, you know, start behaving like an adult. So he takes off on one last adventure around the world with his BFF slash secret crush Percy. It's so much fun, and if you want to read another fun book about lords, but it's this one's kind of a little bit dirtier, 
Um, it's called The Magpie Lord by K.J. Charles. I know that we've talked about this on Book Riot Podcast before because we love it. It's about an exiled lord who returns to England after two decades. He inherits his family's estate, but he also inherits their magical enemies. So he hires a magician to keep him safe, but sparks fly. Not just the kind of sparks from a wand. Um, you, you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean, you saucy monkeys. Um, and speaking of saucy, the new Sarah McLean book is out this week. It is the third book in the Scandal and Scoundrel series. It's called The Day of the Duchess. And if you want to read some other great romances this summer, I highly recommend Forbidden by Beverly Jenkins, which is about a successful man in the Old West. He became successful by passing for white. And then one day he meets this woman uh, he rescues her in the desert, and now he's considering dropping his facade in order to, like, be with her because he can't be with her otherwise because she's black and he's supposedly white. Um, he just really, she makes him want to spill his secret. So, and the other great book, if you like romance, is called The Soldier's Scoundrel by Cat Sebastian. It's about a gentleman in London who falls for a ne'er-do-well. Jack doesn't trust nobility. Oliver doesn't trust this criminal. But they can't seem to stay away from each other. It's hot and heavy and really good. And my last pick of the day, my dealer's choice, there's a book coming out, or it came out this week, called The Secret History of Jane Eyre, How Charlotte Bronte Wrote Her Masterpiece by John Fordrisher. And I have not read it, but it, Jane Eyre always makes me think of one of my favorite series, the Thursday Next series by Jasper Ford. The first in the book or the first book in this series is called The Air Affair. And I feel sometimes like possibly everybody already knows about this series, but who cares because there's probably someone out there who doesn't and it's so great. Let's just talk about it anyway. So it's about a literary detective in alternate reality England called Thursday Next. And it takes place in 1985, but like I said, different England. Time travel is possible. Uh, Thursday Next has a pet dodo named Pickwick because dodos exist in this alternate universe. And in England at this time, literature is taken very, very seriously. Books are held in high regard, um, but also people can literally fall into books and the opposite can happen. And it does because Jane Eyre goes missing from her book. But Thursday Next is on the case. So, like, imagine if Douglas Adams and Charlotte Bronte wrote episodes of Quantum Leap. That's that's my pitch. It's so much fun. And also, there are more literary references than you can possibly catch the first time around. I just finished the book and I started it again because, holy cats, so many literary references. So there you have it. That's it for me this week, book lovers. Thank you to our sponsor, Cheater's Regret by Rachel Van Dyken. We will have a link to it in the show notes. You can also find a list of the books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com slash all the books. And if you're a fan of all the books and you want to give us a treat, you can leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other book lovers find us. If you want to talk about books or see pictures of my books or of my cats, Malay and Steinbeck, who are still here in the office with me, giving me the finger, you can catch me on Twitter at Miss Liberty, on Litzy under Liberty, and on Instagram at Friends and Comes Alive. I'll be back on Tuesday with Rebecca Shinsky and all the books to tell you about the week's great new releases. In the meantime, as Mark Hunter says, be sure to eat your cereal with a fork and do your homework in the dark. Have a great weekend, kittens, and happy reading.